Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Link Podcast with me, Elle. Remember, if you are studying English, you can study this podcast episode as a lesson on Link, the audio and the transcript. I've created it for you, and the lesson link is in the description. In fact, on Link, you can find a full course, so every episode of this podcast is there for you to study as an English lesson. Link is a game changer tool for language learning. You can create a lesson from any content you find online. Perhaps you want to start reading your news in Spanish in the morning or watching movies in Japanese. You can make a lesson with it on Link and start enjoying content in your target language. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to give us a review on Apple, follow us on Spotify or SoundCloud, subscribe on Google Podcasts. Whatever showing love is on the platform that you're listening on, it is greatly appreciated. This week's guest joins me from across the pond in the UK. He is a teacher, language learner, YouTuber, and author. Today, I am joined by Ollie Richards. Ollie, thank you for joining us. The pleasure's all mine. Thanks so much. Excellent. And so, how are things in the UK right now? From what perspective? <laughs> uh, yours and I guess you know why not talk about COVID why not if you want to <laughs> yeah well I mean I'll give you the quick version COVID's uh, actually yeah. on the way out I think we're mo people here are mostly vaccinated for the most part um, I think we're doing slightly better than um, than, uh, than than other places uh, things are opening up so like yeah it's the end's in sight here after a pretty abysmal mm -hmm. uh, year or so and then personally, yeah, things are great. We, um, I'm doing what I do. I'm writing books. I'm uh, making courses. I'm making uh, loads of YouTube videos. YouTube's kind of my pet project at the moment. So, uh, so yeah, I'm enjoying enjoying life. Excellent. Yeah, and I have to say, I did notice that you've been making a lot of uh, YouTube videos lately. It's great on your channel, Ollie Richards, which I will add a link to, of course. So, Ollie, as I mentioned, you are a language learner, and you know, is it eight languages? I think I saw online. Or has that changed? Yeah, I tend I tend to say eight. It's my least favorite question because as time goes on, yeah. like you you know you forget some languages and other ones go up. But yeah, I I've yeah. definitely I've definitely learned uh, eight languages to a good level. Those would be uh, after English, obviously French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, Japanese, Cantonese, Arabic, and then smatterings of a few others like German and Thai. But um, yeah, it's all kind of it's a massive sort of smorgasbord of stuff, um, all kind of in flux at any one time. Uh, yeah. Right. Excellent. And uh, now I have to ask you, uh, I love asking, you are a polyglot, so you speak all these languages. So I love asking polyglots who come on, what sparked their passion, what motivated them to start this language learning journey? And I've had all kinds of interesting answers, but I've never had near-death experience. So <laughs> tell us about that. Yeah, so the near-death experience... Well, I'm going to get to that because that that was okay. actually how that's what sparked my interest in stories and teaching through stories. It wasn't ah, okay. how I got interested in languages in the first place. Like, ah, so I grew up I grew up like your classic monolingual um, English guy, like no contact with languages at all. Uh, I mean, I did French classes at school, but that's about it. Um, but when I was 19 years old, I um, I was living in London and I got a job in a cafe where I was just uh, I, I came across. Uh, people, everyone working in that cafe, and it was it, it was Cafe Nero in Seven Dials for anyone who knows London. Uh, still there to this day. I sometimes pop in, 
Uh, everyone who was working there with me were from, was from different countries. So uh, there were Italians and Swedes and Sp and I kind of got talking to these people and I was just like blown away by how interesting their their backgrounds were. I was kind of thinking, you know, what, are you, what are you doing in, the, in, in London? And then I realized that these people were all not only speaking um, their own languages, but they were speaking English and, uh, and often each other's languages too. So I just found it all very, very interesting. And that kind of just sparked this interest in learning languages. So I started learning French. And then uh, shortly after that, my girlfriend decided to break up with me, which sent me into a tailspin and I ran away to Paris. So I lived in Paris for six months and kind of learned French there. And then it was just, you know, floodgates were open after that. Um, but the, the near-death experience you referred to was a few years later, I was trying to learn Spanish and not doing very well. And uh, I was traveling through Argentina and I was in this tiny village up in the, the mountains on the border of Argentina and Bolivia um, called Irusha. And, um, and it was very, very high up, high altitude. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night uh, in this hostel um, and I, I couldn't breathe. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe it's just a, something to do with the Malbec I'd been drinking that night. So I, but I, so I could have got out of bed, and I, but, but it, it didn't get any better and I still, couldn't, I still couldn't breathe. So I ran outside onto the balcony, like starting to panic, thinking, you know, what am I going to do? And it got worse and worse and I literally could not get any oxygen. Um, and so I was kind of, sit, sort of sitting there on the edge of this balcony, like sort of heaving, thinking like, this is, you know, this is the end. And then luckily, of course, the breath did eventually come back after a few minutes. Um, but I was too scared to go back to bed at that point. So all I could do was sort of sit down, right? So I was kind of sitting down on this balcony, looking out over the, this, this kind of, this huge valley. And uh, all I had with me was this Spanish book that I'd bought from some secondhand shop or something a few weeks earlier and of course never touched uh, but I was too scared to go back to bed we didn't have iPhones back in the day so I just picked up this book and started reading and it was kind of it was really hard work because my Spanish wasn't very good but I kind of kept I just plowed through I must have sat up for two or three hours uh, reading this book and um, I didn't think I'd understood all that much but I was just about following the plot which is something key that we might come back to later Anyway, the next day I woke up happy to be alive and I was walking down the street in this, in this village um, and I found all these words popping into my head. I was like, it was these random Spanish words like el obispo, which means the bishop. Um, and then I, and I thought, well, that's weird because normally I, you know, I don't remember learning these words and then you know, normally I have to try really hard to memorize words, but these words have somehow stuck. And then I realized it was because I'd sat up for hours last night reading this book and I'd, certain words had, had been had come up in the story over and over again. Um, and so it, that kind of, it was one of those kind of eureka moments. And then so I kept on reading the book and then eventually went back to see my friends in Buenos Aires where I'd been staying before. And all of a sudden I realized I was so much better at speaking. I could speak in more complete sentences because I had all this vocabulary now. I could understand a lot more of what people were saying. So it just sparked this big interest in, in stories. And so from there on, I kind of went on, this was many years later, but I, I started to try to develop a way of teaching languages using stories because it was so powerful for me and, uh, and loads of people like stories after all so that was yeah that's how how that happened wow my goodness so did you ever um not to focus on lying just for a second to go back to what happened to you did you ever find out what that was the whole i think it was i think it was just weird thing? i think it was just altitude you know that's that's oh, what okay. happens when when you're right. when you're so high up i mean it, i was right up right. In, uh, on top of a mountain in the andes uh so I, I i guess that's what it was i mean mm, uh, maybe, maybe i was sense. drugged or something but 
if I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they didn't do a very mm. good job of stealing my stuff. No, <laughs> the plot thickens though on yeah. the experience. Yeah, I, I, there's a story murder. to be written about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so previous to that, what kind of methods? Uh, so that's when, you, as you say, this, the kind of focus on stories began. Previously, what kind of methods had you used to study languages? What I used was all I knew, which was what I'd done at school. So when I was at school, uh, you know, it was a very traditional learning. It was, um, you know, repeat after me, grammar, mm-hmm. conjugation tables, uh, memorizing lists of words. That, that's all I knew. As far as I was concerned, that was, you know, if that's how they taught us at school. It must be the best way to learn. Right. So so um, that's all I did. Every time I, I started a new language, uh, I would just kind of go down to the, the European bookshop in Soho, um, where, where it was at the time in London, and uh, I would I just I just buy, I'd see whatever whatever textbook I liked the look of and buy it and just work through it, and then you know make my own paper flashcards and and things like that. Mm. Uh, you know, it's um, it's 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 yeah, a very very traditional way of doing things and. You know, I've 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 sort of learned since that there's nothing necessarily wrong with, with doing it that way. In fact, lots of people do have quite a lot of success, but it's what comes afterwards that that matters. You know, I, I actually think more and more that the method itself is just a way to get started. The journey from kind of competence to actual fluency is much. It, it's down to something a lot more kind of fundamental, I think. But yeah. Right. So was Spanish the first language then that you would say you became, as you say? very competent competent or fluent um, in or was no it was before? probably fr- it was probably french oh okay yeah. um but i was living in paris so it was kind of it was ah. I, I had that advantage what changed was that when i when i left france and i went back to the uk i kept learning languages right but i had to figure out mm. how to keep learning languages while not being immersed in the country which after all is most people's um situation right yeah so really, for most language learners, um, you know, it's not that living in the lang- in, in the country is necessarily a panacea because there are plenty of people who go to live abroad and don't learn the language to any good degree. Uh, yeah. But for the, for the ambitious, dedicated uh, learner, living abroad is a huge advantage because you just have access to the language all the time. But for most people, you know, the challenge is how do I learn a language as a busy adult living at home, um, you know, by by myself. Or maybe with the help of a teacher a little, a little bit, but that that's the challenge that most people face, and that's that's who I also try to to help with with the stuff that that, that I do. And I'm I'm very focused on on the practical side of learning. Mm-hmm. So you run the website IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com. That's right. So, you... Soon to become soon to become StoryLearning.com. So depending on ah. when the, on when people are okay. watching this, we're actually we're actually because because the method that I now teach using stories I call Story Learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're actually changing the name of everything over to storylearning.com. Um, but that that may or may not have happened by the time this goes live. So, ah, okay. <laughs> but anyone I'll watching this well break. into the future will, uh, will yeah, storylearning.com should be where it's at. So storylearning.com. Okay, excellent. Um, so we'll talk about the story learning method in a moment. I just want to mention your short stories series because two of the past guests. I've had on this podcast have mentioned them. So I always ask, uh, you know, what would you recommend uh, content wise? And I've had two people now say Ollie Richards, short stories, uh, readers, which are available online, uh, were really helpful for me. So I believe uh, one, the Cantonese and for Spanish. Yes, because that's right. 
they offer in Spanish and Cantonese, right? The short stories, uh, readers? No. No, not not, 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 exa not exactly, not Cantonese, but we do have Spanish and we have Spanish. like... A, Spanish, about, okay. We have about 20 languages at this point, of which Spanish is one, yeah. Wow, okay, excellent. I'll, uh, I'll put the link in the description for those. But So they came before you developed this kind of story learning method, or I guess they were... Yeah, yeah, so, the way, so the, way it, the way it happened was that I... Um, so I've been searching for these ways, because I, I found myself learning through stories, right? And um, mm -hmm. the way that I was learning was I've just, I, I was just getting, getting books and reading those books. And, and that's fine once you get to a certain level, but it's not much comfort for people who are kind of just getting started or who are kind of at a lower level because reading novels yeah. is pretty tough. And you've either got to be already be at a good level or you've got to be extraordinarily persistent um, uh, in order to kind of make your way through and all. So what? So the, my the, where I went first was to think, okay, well, I, I want to write stories that you can that can be useful for learners, um, and you know, graded readers are hardly a new concept, but but graded readers are, have always been traditionally extremely dull and boring, and um, you know, they're often yes. kind of you know, it would be a translation of like Sherlock Holmes or, or Jane Austen or whatever, which is yeah. fine, but it's not my cup of tea. So I wanted something more more fresh and modern and fun, right? So so I started writing mm -hmm. short stories um, in, in originally in Spanish and then after that in many other languages, uh, and 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 I kind of really went down this rabbit hole of figuring out okay, what exactly do learners want in um, in books like this? Uh, because I think a lot it's probably it's probably easy to look at these books and think oh well they just wrote a few stories but actually I did a huge amount of research into everything from like how long should the average sentence be uh, what genres of stories should we have um, what's the ideal chapter length I mean I, I, I went deep wow. on this stuff um, down the rabbit hole <laughs> yeah uh, and so that's why I think these books have become so popular because it is exactly what people need when they are at a kind of A2 upper beginner level to, to start reading so they came first Mm -hmm. And then, but that's still not a method for beginners. So I started to think, okay, well, I've got these, I've written these books and they're, they're super popular, but I want to do something that, I want to create something so that complete beginners in a language can learn using stories too. So it took me another couple of years to figure it out, but then eventually I, I, I kind of created my story learning method, which is, which is specific, specifically for beginners. So if you want to learn Japanese or Spanish or French or whatever, um, I would start to create these courses whereby, um, so that you'd have these courses that were based entirely on stories, but you add on to that tuition and, um, and activities and things like that, that, that get you um, actually kind of processing the language and, and learning. Um, and so that, yeah, that came after, because it wasn't obvious to me how to do it well. I could have I could have thrown something I could have thrown something together at any point, but I really wanted to do it well. Um, I've got a long a long background in teaching, um, so I kind of I was quite you know insistent on um, on doing that the right way. Excellent. And what's what did you used to teach before? Well, when I was a lot younger, I, I taught music for a few years. Um, oh, I used to teach yeah. piano and guitar because I have a background in music. Um, I have a degree in I have a degree in jazz piano, which not many people know. Wow, um, that's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I used to yeah, I used to play professionally. That was like what I did for for the longest time. Um, okay. And then then I I came to a kind of crossroads in my life, and I decided to go and teach English. So I moved to Japan, taught English in Japan for a few years, uh, and then did my you know certificates, diplomas. I did a master's degree in applied linguistics. You know, I've really kind of 
I t when, whenever, when, I, when I do new things, I tend to kind of go go at it quite hard. So I went down the full-on teaching route. I almost went and kind of did a PhD, in all of the, but I didn't do that in the end. Um, but yeah, so I've got quite extensive experience as a, a as a TEFL teacher and teacher trainer mm -hmm. and kind of academic-ish. Wow. And do you are you by any chance left-handed? I am. Yeah. No way. Okay. Yeah. So the last podcast <laughs> episode with I don't know if you know Nate of Nate's Adventures, uh, yes, the YouTube do. channel. Yeah. He mentioned your uh, your readers. Uh, he said that apparently people who have musical talent are able to play uh, instruments, multiple or just one, and are left-handed are apparently more likely to uh, be good language learners, whatever that means, or be maybe interested in language learning. But there you go. So you pro you prove his point. I'm going to ask every guest moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I'm not aware of, it, of, of any kind of research that shows that. I mean, the, the difficulty is yeah. that, I mean, I've got, so often people ask me, like, does a musical background give you, help you have a better accent? Or does it help you? Or does it help you with languages? And my my feeling on that is that yes, it has helped me in certain certain ways in terms of my accent in other languages. I think it tends to be tends to be quite good. Better. Than, I mean, there's plenty of things in my languages that are not good, but accent is not accent one that I, I'm I'm better at. Um, and also the thing of um, actually the discipline of training yourself to get good at something that was once hard, right. which is which is what classical music in particular trains you to do. Um, but in general, the thing is that for every example of someone who has a background in music and who's good at languages, you can find 10 examples of people who are just as good at languages with no musical background. Yes, so, like Steve, you know, what, I think, for example. Right. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't think he, Steve doesn't strike me as a musician. He, maybe he is. I don't, um, I don't think he plays anything. I don't no. know. Could be wrong. But, yeah. I, can, I, I, <laughs> I can imagine him sort of sitting in some izakaya in Japan singing some old kind of doing some crooning of some old Japanese songs or something like that. But, but yeah, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I remember speaking to Stephen Krashen about this, about, about the, the oh. musical question. And, and he, and he, 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 he replied quite similarly. Like, you know, our, our intuition like, likes to, likes to, we, we like, based on, on intuition, we like to think that there's a connection, but it, it's not borne out in research as far as I'm aware. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, as you mentioned, you have your short stories, your reader short stories in whichever language are available in 20 languages. I won't ask you to to recite yeah, those. Approximate, but about, approximately. That's, that's amazing. Um, what about your, so your story learning method, which is more focused on beginners, what languages um, is, are those available in? Yeah, so this, my story learning courses are, are basically, yeah, they are just your standard beginner courses just like any right. kind of beginner textbook or or or, or, or whatever uh, and we have those in spanish french german italian japanese uh chinese korean turkish portuguese and russian um wow okay yeah amazing with more with that's, more to come a... okay you heard it here first um so I want to talk, as you mentioned, about your YouTube channel. You've been making a lot more videos on your channel, Ollie Richards. Um, how's that going? And what uh, do you have any kind of projects in the works? How's the channel going? 
Yeah, so the channel's going great. Thanks, thanks, thanks for asking. And, and anyone who's uh, listening or watching, go and subscribe to to, to the channel on on YouTube because I'm putting out some mm -hmm. very like I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm having a lot of fun with the channel. So, for example, yeah. recently I published a video on how Mormon missionaries learn languages, which has done super well. And I also find like videos <laughs> of celebrities speaking speaking languages and and, and kind of I, I talk about about how they uh, about how they do it and, and give some kind I of commentary. Like and, th yeah. and things like that. So everyone go and subscribe to, to that. Uh, you can just search Ollie Richards on, on YouTube and, and, uh, and drop me a comment and say hi because I, lo I love to get those comments. Um, but most of all, it's, it's a way for me to just kind of, I guess just, it sounds corny, but it's a way for me to express myself really because mm -hmm. I, I've always been a content creator. I started my website and this whole business started off as a blog back in 2013. I just, you know, I heard, I heard, I read... I heard about this guy Benny Lewis and how he was blog blogging and um, stuff. And I thought, well, I could I could do that. So I started a blog, and then that all developed into, you know, everything's happened since has kind of developed from that. My, but my first passion around this was always um, blogging because I just I've got a long background in languages, language learning, and teaching, and I wanted to create stuff. Right, I wanted to blog about my experiences, and um, and so. That I did that I did for years and years. But but what, one of the trends that's happened. You know, on, on online in recent years, is the video has become so much more um, important. You mm -hmm. know, and and so I've been, I've decided I decided to kind of make a go of my of my of my YouTube channel. So I kind of learnt how to do YouTube. I, I've been uploading videos on and off for about seven years, but I, I just never. It was always like a way to make my blog more interesting. You know, by making a quick video of me speaking Cantonese right. or whatever. Um, but I recently I sort of decided to you know quote unquote do YouTube or learn YouTube. So I, um, I, I took it quite seriously. Um, uh, I recruited a team who helps me uh, with the channel, a kind of production team. And um, I've been making or just experimenting with all these different videos. And, and I just love to have ideas. I, I, have, I have like a million ideas a minute. I've always been that way. And so I, the, the YouTube is kind of a, a very cool way to just have an idea and be able to put it out there. So, like, for example, I remember watching the U.S. presidential elections last year uh, and thinking to myself, um, well, that's interesting, because I watched these, these debates that they had. And, and it's, it's a complete cliche now that you'll get, you'll get someone who's like speaking to the audience in English and then they'll turn to the camera and speak in Spanish. I thought, well, that's, that's kind of weird. I know why they're doing it, right? but it's also quite cool. Wouldn't it be fun to make a video like talking about the Spanish that they use? And, and so I just made this video on... on on U.S. presidential analyzing U.S. presidential candidates, I found clips of them speaking Spanish, and then just talked about it. And that for me is just so fun to do. And so I use YouTube as a way to just, just, just kind of get my thoughts and ideas out there. And um, and and fortunately, it seems to be really resonating with people. So are you actively learning a language right now? Or are you in that polyglot maintain mode? Yeah, well, what I'm actually doing right now is I've I've gone back to learning uh, kanji, so Jap Japanese uh, or Chinese yeah. characters in, in in Japanese. It's like been a been a bit of been a bit of a love hate relationship with <laughs> for me for for years. But I haven't. I, I have to say, in the last in the last few years in particular, I haven't been all that active with language learning um, as much mm -hmm. as before. And I often think about why that is. I, I'm very influenced by my surroundings, right? So I've often travelled a lot and. Um, you know, my ideal play, my ideal scenario for learning a new language is either when I'm, when I've got a community of people around me, like 
for example, when I lived in London, I had a bunch of Brazilian friends, learned Portuguese, or else when I travel or go to the country. So when I went to Japan, learned Japanese. Um, and but then kind of right now, I'm in a stage of life where I'm I'm quite like um, I'm quite chilled really. I'm, I live in like in the in, in a little village in in the middle of the countryside in England. I hardly ever hear foreign languages, uh, so I don't kind of have this big this big or I haven't had this 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 real urge to be studying for for a while. But I, but it but it kind of comes back in fits and starts. So recently, I kind of decided right, it's time to properly learn to learn to 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 read and write Japanese. Like it's been like I said, a kind of big unfinished project. Uh, so I'm I'm working on that currently. So I'm um, I'm. I could tell you how I'm going about it if you like, but given that I haven't had that much success with sure. it in the past, I'm not, I'm not sure it's very particularly useful information. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but I do maintain languages a fair bit. I mean, I, I regularly speak uh, Spanish, Portuguese, Japanese, uh, Cantonese, French from time to time. Um, um, but yeah, it always kind of changes. I, I'm, I'm always very, I'm full of admiration for people who are who dedicate lots of time every day to actively maintaining languages even even without a, um, a particular reason to do so because I'm mm. I'm just not like that I've, I'm, I've always been someone that's very much kind of led by my my surroundings um, so mm. so yeah but I suspect when the world starts to open up again properly and um, and, uh, and and more traveling is to be done I suspect I might I might pick up the bug uh, again quite quickly how about your kind of entertainment time then? Do you find you watch movies, TV shows, read books, blog posts in the different languages you know, or do you kind of just gravitate towards maybe English or the languages I follow, you know best? I, it, it, it's the same answer. Right? I, 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 I don't do stuff for the sake of the languages. Right? I know this is right. probably quite it's probably quite an un uncommon answer among mm the guests you have here because I know a lot of people are just incredibly um, dedicated to the way that they kind of structure their time to practice different yeah. languages see for me it's never it, it's never been about the language as such it's always been about what I can do with that language so I'm it's not that I'm particularly interested in learning Japanese it's that I want to be able to communicate with my Japanese friends and talk to them in Japanese it's not that I necessarily love the act of learning Portuguese. It's because I love to go and hang out with with Brazilians in, in Brazil. I just love being like, so like so. When I don't have that immediate environment, it's not something that I just really seek out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's difficult. I, I do think about this sometimes. I mean, I, I I will watch movies in Japanese and Portuguese and stuff, um, whatever. Um, but I, but I get like I say, it's just not something that I I try and force. I think like one kind of relevant question here is what it means to maintain a language because I, I think for me I, the languages that I've learned fall, fall into kind of two categories: the languages that I've learned and and I'm still pretty good at, and then the languages that I've learned and I've kind of let them fall away. And I very much believe that once you've learned a language to a strong a strong level, which I normally uh, pin down at about a B2 level, B2 or higher, you never lose that language, right? So for example, my French is probably not great right now, but I still understand everything. And given 15 minutes of practice, I can get it back to a good level, even though I haven't really spoken it for 20 years when I, when I was last in, in France. 
No. But that's but that's quite common among among people who who have got languages to that kind of level, like kind of B two or, or or above level. And so when I think about the, the languages that I've the, that I've had at that level, or I've got to that level still, I, I I'm not worried about losing them because I know that the day that I need them, they're going to be I get I can get them back very quickly. So for that reason, I I just choose not to spend my time in some arbitrary maintenance mode, um, but right. rather I just I just do what I want to do in my life. And you know, if languages are a part of that, great. If not, no worries. Um, I know I'll come back to them later. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very much, um, I'm very kind of laissez-faire with with that 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 kind of thing. It's, it's not very sense. practical, not very practical, not much practical help for people, but that's, that is the truth. No, but it's like you know yourself, right? You're not going to force it because, and and also if you do force it, if you're like I'm going to spend X amount of time each day on these different languages, and you're not necessarily enjoying it, you're just doing it as a chore. Is it really that helpful? You know, maybe. Well, I think it could be helpful. I mean. It, it, I mean, it, it, you know, if you're spending a lot of time, if you're spending regular time keeping up a language, it will have an effect for sure. For me, it's more a case of I won't enjoy it if I'm forcing it. I, I mm-hmm. you right. know, I, I, I'm always, I've always been very busy. I've always worked hard. I have, have a lot of things I like to do. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, walking and cycling, for example, seeing family. Uh, try, so I don't, I don't feel like I have time to do something that I don't really want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, maintaining languages that that maintaining languages where where there's no particular outcome there, it, it kind of fits into that category. Right. I see. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't apologize. <laughs> um, so, for everyone who's listening and watching, who's going to rush to Ollie Richards' uh, YouTube channel, what can they expect from your channel moving forward for the rest of the year and beyond? A lot of fun language stuff is what you can expect. You, you're not going to find videos of me saying, you know, here, here is my six-month uh, mm. Korean progress or anything like that. It's, it's, I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore. I, what I try to do is I try to think of like, what will people enjoy, what people find interesting. Um, so I'm working on a video right now, for example, about the Defense Language Institute. So the Green Berets in the U.S., how, what methods they use to train their special forces to learn languages fast. Oh, um, interesting. I'm working on a on, on some videos about um, about different about different languages. Obviously, <laughs> sort of a statement <laughs> of the obvious. I'm working on um, I'm working on a video right now about how we create our books. So, like when we've got these we've got these books in different languages. Like how do we create a, a Brazilian Portuguese book, and then, or how do we make a Korean like book? I'm making a video like describing all of that. We've got um, you know videos of like celebrities speaking Japanese and things like that, and I'm having a great time uh, at their expense. So yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff where I'm trying to sort of, but, but this isn't just this isn't frivolous. I'm try, I always try to sort of talk about different language topics and then tie it back into what you can take away from it. So if I'm mm. if I'm making a reaction video to Colin Firth speaking Italian, I'm not just well he speaks great Italian by the way. Oh, um, I'm not. I'm, yeah, and you can if you want to see an example of that. Um, I do because that just makes then, uh, me more attractive. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right, going to yeah. take that out right after. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so what I'll try and do is I'll kind of I'll 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 try to like analyze it and then tie it back to what you can take away from that, right? So so it, so it's actually I try to make it uh, informative and educational as well as as well as fun. So yeah, go and uh, go and subscribe. And like I say, so, um. If you're listening to this, then leave me a comment on my video. Say that you came from the from the Link podcast, and uh, I will uh, 
I'll, I'll look out for those because I love getting I love uh, I love getting comments from people. I love uh, hearing from people that come from different places. Excellent. Well, I will of course pop the link in the description to your YouTube channel, Ollie Richards. Also, I will teach you at language.com. Actually, no, it will be storylearning.com moving forward. So I'll just say storylearning.com. I'll change the link when it the website changes in the description. <laughs> and yeah. also a link to your excellent readers, which polyglots are raving about on this podcast as well. So <laughs> um, yeah. listen, Ollie, thank you so, so much. It's been a great chat. I wish you the best of luck with the story learning method and with your YouTube channel. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Bye-bye.